Note, the new epoch of prayer in the name of Jesus is pointed out by Christ as the time of the outpouring of the Spirit, in which the disciples enter upon a more enlightened apprehension of the economy of redemption and become as clearly conscious of their oneness with Jesus as of his oneness with the Father. Their prayer in the name of Jesus is now directly to the Father himself. I say not that I will pray for you, for the Father himself loveth you, Jesus says. While he had previously spoken of the time before of the Spirit's coming, I will pray the Father and he will give you the Comforter. This prayer thus has its central thought, the insight into our being united to God in Christ, as on both sides the living bond of union between God and us. John 17, 23, I in them and thou in me so that in Jesus we behold the Father as united to us and ourselves as united to the Father. Jesus Christ must have been revealed to us not only through the truth in the mind, but in our inmost personal consciousness as the living personal reconciliation, as he in whom God's fatherhood and father love have been perfectly united with human nature and it with God. Not that with the immediate prayer to the Father, the mediatorship of Christ is set aside, but it is no longer looked at as something external, existing outside of us, but as a real living spiritual existence within us, so that the Christ for us, the mediator, has really become Christ in us. When the consciousness of this oneness between God in Christ and us in Christ still is wanting or has been darkened by the sense of guilt, then the prayer of faith looks to our Lord as the Advocate, who prays the Father for us. Compare John 16.26 with 14.16.17.9.20, Luke 22.32, and 1 John 2.1. To take Christ thus in prayer as Advocate is, according to John 16.26, not perfectly the same as the prayer in his name. Christ's advocacy is meant to lead us on to that inner self-standing, life-union, with him and with the Father in him, in virtue of which Christ is he in whom God enters into immediate relation and unites himself with us, and in whom we in all circumstances enter into immediate relation with God. Even so, the prayer in the name of Jesus does not consist in our prayer at his command. The disciples had prayed thus ever since the Lord had given them his Our Father, and yet he says, Hitherto ye have not prayed in my name. Only when the mediation of Christ has become, through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, life and power within us, and so his mind, as it found expression in his word and work, has taken possession of and filled our personal consciousness and will, so that in faith and love we have Jesus in us as the Reconciler, who has actually made us one with God. Only then his name, which includes his nature and his work, is become truth and power in us, not only for us, and we have in the name of Jesus the free, direct access to the Father which is sure of being heard. Prayer in the name of Jesus is the liberty of a son with the Father, just as Jesus had this as the first begotten. We pray in the place of Jesus, not as if we could put ourselves in his place, but in as far as we are in him and he in us. We go direct to the Father, but only as the Father is in Christ, not as if he were separate from Christ. Wherever thus the inner man does not live in Christ, and has him not present as the living one, where his word is not ruling in the heart in its spirit power, where his truth and life have not become the life of our soul, 
It is vain to think that a formula, like, for the sake of thy dear son, will avail. Chryslic Ethic von Dr. I. T. Beck, Tübingen, 339.